Good morning, everyone. It is the 12th of October, and I'm joined today by Nathan Sweeney, Mayank Markende, and Tom Woodfield. Nathan, we had a very positive week in the US. I wonder if you could talk us through the reasons for that. Yeah, as you mentioned, very positive week in the US. We had the S&P was up close to 4%. It was up 3.88% for the week. So what was driving that? Two things. But I'll start with stimulus. So if we think about stimulus, there's been a lot of focus on new stimulus in the US, and it would be a driver of equity markets. So there was a lot of news coming out throughout the week last week. So a lot of backwards and forwards between the two parties. But in short, the House Democrats passed a bill for $2.2 trillion on the 1st of October. And what we saw on Friday were reports from the White House that they are prepared to scale up their broad stimulus plan, so their bill, to 1.8 trillion from 1.6. So if the two parties get very close in terms of what they're looking to do, it means that a deal is more likely. Is that likely before the election? Yeah, and I think that's a good question. I think a lot of participants believe that even though they're getting quite close, it's probably still unlikely to happen before the election. Because if you do get, say, stimulus checks, which is one element of the new stimulus, if you get those stimulus checks out, they're unlikely to hit people's bank accounts until after the election. So I think from Trump's perspective, it's not worth doing at this point in time. And speaking of President Trump, he seems to have made a remarkable recovery from COVID. Rapid recovery. And, you know, so that is being uh, attributed to the fact that he took a cocktail of both antibody and antivirals from Regeneron and Gilead. And, you know, so he's come out and he said that this treatment will be widely available and free to the populace. And this really gave a boost to the market because, you know, the market is thinking, actually, we are getting much closer to having something approved. And so that's, you know, the two reasons really why the market moved so quickly last week and so strongly. Yes, a rapid recovery in the economy and also further stimulus. Mayank, how would this reflected in the bond markets? No surprise to see the bond markets were weaker last week. So in the US, Treasuries were down, you know, minus 50 basis points. They're also a little bit weaker on the gilt side. Linkers and inflation-linked bonds tips in the US, given the longer duration, were actually weaker and more so than nominals. And in the commodity markets, this should have been rather more positive picture. Again, you know, commodity prices was generally positive week, but not necessarily for the reasons that other risk markets such as equities were. In the case of crude oil, it was one of the best weeks. So the front end contracts were up 9%. That was more so due to supply concerns. And supply concerns were driven by Hurricane Delta in the US, which would cause disruption in production and labor unions threatening to strike in Norway that would cut supply by 25%. So those were the reasons for the positive energy market performance from last week. And then moving on to the precious metals complex, for gold, it was quite a volatile week, in fact. It was driven by the same factors and catalysts that drove equities, so stimulus and Trump. So gold started actually 1900 and went as low as 1875, but in the latter half of the week, it regained uh, to a level of 1930. So gold at the moment seems to be in a big trading range, and it seems technicals are driving performance and prices more so than actual news. But still holding quite firm there. We had some interesting news on the ESG front, Tom. 
Yes, quite a significant milestone was passed last week. We had Next Era Energy, which is an electric utility and the largest generator of wind and solar power globally, surpassing the market cap of ExxonMobil, which was at one stage the world's largest public company. Uh, so this reflects investor expectations of a changing energy system and an uncertain outlook for oil demand, which is set to be stifled as more governments and companies commit to carbon neutrality. Yes, indeed. And one to watch with with interest there. Shorter term, though, and the week ahead, Nathan, all sorts of things lining up in the US for us. Yeah, so we've got a big week in terms of data this week. We've got retail sales, we've got industrial production. Those figures for September are expected to continue to improve. But I think that the rate of improvement is moderating. So we've seen that with a lot of the data that's come out recently. Importantly, we also have Q3 earnings kicking off. So we've got all these companies reporting. So we've got some big names in the healthcare space, such as Johnson & Johnson. And we've also got some big names in the financial space. So we've got JP Morgan Chase, Citigroup, Wells Fargo. And then also this week, we do have the World Bank Group and the IMF. So the International Monetary Fund, they're having their annual general meetings. And for the first time, those meetings will be held virtually. Interesting. And anything to add, uh, Mayank, on the week ahead? In terms of closer to home, we have the EU summit meeting, which is on the 15th of October. Incidentally, that happens with the same day that Boris Johnson has imposed his deadline to reach to some agreement with the EU. So it would be a definitely interesting week in terms of what happens on, on the Brexit front. We have seen some more positive noises coming down from Downing Street. It's definitely an interesting week in the UK and Europe. Indeed. So thank you all very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you.